Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to The Postscript. Hi, welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series, uh, where we meet with professors and pastors from Living Faith Bible Institute and have conversations about ministry, uh, about theology, about life. This week, I have the privilege of interviewing Midtown Baptist Temple's discipleship uh, pastor, Pastor Kenny Morgan, and we're going to be having a conversation about what discipleship is. And I know that for a lot of you who've listened uh, over the last uh, several months, you've heard lots of conversations about discipleship. It seems to come up constantly in these interviews. And, and there might be some of you who still have questions about, well, what is discipleship and, and what do you mean by discipleship? It's a word that gets tossed around a lot in contemporary Christianity. And, and so we want to make sure that we clarify that. And so today we're going to be having a conversation with uh, Kenny about what biblical discipleship is and the Living Faith Fellowship, in particular, our philosophy of discipleship. And so, uh, Pastor Kenny Morgan, I want to welcome you to the Postscript. It's good to have you here. Yeah. Yeah, we get to talk uh, every every day almost. We're yes. together. It's rarely behind a mic, so I know Absolutely. that that's a little bit awkward. A little different. Yeah. Yeah. But you'll be all right. We'll get it done. Yeah. Um, so, Kenny, how long have you been... Uh, the, the pastor of discipleship here at Midtown Baptist Temple? That's a good question. Officially, it was 2012. Okay. So since 2012, I've had the privilege of working under Sam, working with Sam, overseeing discipleship here. And it's a it's an honor. It's a privilege, one that I don't take lightly. So, so what does that mean? Like, uh, I, first of all, I think for discipleship to be as so important that we need a pastor that's devoted to discipleship that says something yes but what is the what is the role of a discipleship pastor what are the things that you do from from day to day wow day to day pray yeah <laughs> you know making disciples it's a tall order mm-hmm. it, it is the mission it is it is the one thing that it's it's one of the things as a church that we can never lose sight of take our eyes off of it's everything. I mean, it's the lifeblood of who we are. It's the lifeblood of what we do. Uh, it's our future. It's everything. And so um, praying that that I myself and my team, that we don't lose sight of that and that we're trusting God and overseeing this in the power of His Spirit. So I have a, a great team of people that I work with very, very closely in terms of different people on the team have different areas of oversight within the ministry to make mm-hmm. sure that we have the best people in the best places to make sure we're doing the very best in every critical area of ministry. So that's everything from the cost of discipleship class, which is extremely critical to our discipleship process here to discipleship one. And that now, you know, expands our, our focus to all the disciplers that we have here at Midtown, mm-hmm. which is approximately 200 people and, and growing and mm-hmm. to try to make sure that they are equipped and um, that's what I'm looking for, I would say, um, reaffirmed in terms of, of what we're doing and what we're trying to accomplish. And then, of course, that bleeds into Discipleship to LFBI, mm-hmm. uh, teaching. So I would say praying, training, teaching, counseling, that's, that's overseeing discipleship at Midtown in a nutshell. Yeah. So uh, with all of that stuff, I'm hoping that that over the next few episodes, we can break that down 
and and figure out what you, what each of those components uh, might be, and we can sure. define our terms a little bit. And so, mm-hmm. I guess the very first thing I want to do that's going to make this the easiest seems the most natural thing to do is ask you mm-hmm. when we're talking about biblical discipleship, right. what specifically are we referring to that that um, that distinguishes it maybe from I think, you know, when I think about discipleship historically mm-hmm. in the American church, what we're talking about is Sunday school. Right. We're just being intentional to to help develop and grow the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about biblical discipleship, we're talking about something more specific, aren't we? We are. Okay, Absolutely. so maybe you can explain that to us a little bit. Sure. And I really, I appreciate the question. Yeah. It is one of the most um, assumed definitions that I think is out there. Mm-hmm. And when it's assumed, well, it, it, it usually devolves into whatever this particular church or person thinks it, it means. And, but biblically speaking, when you're talking about discipleship, you're talking about the spiritual process of conforming the believer into the image of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That, that's discipleship. And I think that definition really, really hones in on what it is because I've seen it in places where people will actually call something that is evangelistic or something that is for a lost person as discipleship. Well, that's not discipleship Mm -hmm. because we can't disciple a lost person. And so discipleship is for the believer. And what we're looking to do there is see the believer grow in thinking, speaking, and behaving like Jesus Christ more and more and more. And that's how we know that we're actually discipling is when we see that. Mm-hmm. And so Christ is the focus. Christ likeness is the highest goal of discipleship, and and that's what we we focus on primarily. So when when we're um, entering into a place where we're ready to disciple a person, mm-hmm. what does that look like? I mean, what does someone have to recognize about themselves before they come to a place where they're ready to be discipled? Yeah. So one of the things that is is of immense importance to us here at Midtown with respect to our process is our cost of discipleship class, mm-hmm. uh, which we have here as a prerequisite for someone to start discipleship. And the reason that we we do that and what brought us to that was there was a time where when someone wanted to be discipled, they would essentially just you know go in the lobby and talk to someone like me or someone from our team and say, yeah, you know, I just heard about discipleship. That sounds great. I need that. And so we would just get started and do the best that we could to get that person paired up and and get them going. What we realized, though, is is just taking a step back, it came to a point where it was undeniable. About 70% of the people who started discipleship here did not finish. Mm. And they would get to about lesson four or five where it actually dawned on them, oh, this is what discipleship is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they heard it from the pulpit and praise the Lord, because we always beat that drum here. That's one of our core ministry principles. But but people really didn't know what it was and what was expected of them until I would say it was too late for them and the disciples. So we had issues of we weren't redeeming the time. And I mean, you know what it takes by the time you you have all these different conversations with making sure we can get people paired up. There's a lot that goes into that to only realize, oh, the person wasn't actually ready. And so our cost of discipleship class, what it does is is it helps the individual enter the process as soberly as possible, Mm. where we we strip the romance away. It's a very sober approach. 
In, in terms of romance, what I mean, when someone is thinking, they're hearing about discipleship mm-hmm. week after week in the pulpit, what what would be romantic about it? What what are some of the things that would be maybe slightly dis- deceiving in their mind in terms of what to expect? I mean, it sounds like it's a program, right? Yeah. Is it, is it a program? It's these there's these lessons. Uh, I meet with this person. This person has to listen to me talk. I mean, mm-hmm. like, what are some of the mis- misconceptions that someone might have? The cost of discipleship ultimately um, allows them to shed. Sure, that's really good. Part of the misconception is it, what people, you know, a lot of times what is said and what people hear don't always agree. Right, right. right. So for a lot of people, what they hear is they hear things like quick fix. Hmm. Like, man, you know, because that's what programs do, right? There's got to be a program or something out there that's going to fix me or help me overcome or get over, fill in your blank. So that's one misconception. Another one is they hear academia. Mm-hmm. Oh, discipleship. Yeah. So that means that you're going to learn stuff about the Bible and you're going to become some super Christian if you go through discipleship. Mm. And so th- those are some of the, the 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 high ones that that I've I've seen in years past and things sure. that we've had to. So what what we do in cost of discipleship is is we just simply open the Word of God and present discipleship biblically. This is what it is. These are the marks of a disciple. If you decide to move forward, that where you're saying, listen, yeah, I do want to follow Christ and and I do want to be a disciple of his and I want to please him with my life. Well, then praise the Lord. We just want to make sure that you know exactly what that means. So Mm -hmm. there are no surprises down the line. That's good. And so with that, it makes me ask the question when we're talking about disciplers. Mm -hmm. Right. That's kind of a funny term. If you sure. If you type it into uh, to Google, it, it insists that there, that word does not exist. Right. And, but it's a word we use to describe the person that mentors another person in God's word who coaches them in the process mm-hmm. of, of conforming to Christ, which is both a knowledge thing uh, and a character thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we determine who is a discipler then? Like what, what, what does that mean when we say discipler? If you were, to, if that was to have a job qualification, what would that sure. sound like? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know as well as I do, and this is the world that you and I live in and share and mm-hmm. and, and work together. But you know, one of the areas of responsibility for us is is having oversight of the flock and watching over the the souls that are here. And so we have to know, we have to be diligent, the Bible says, in knowing the state of our flocks. Mm-hmm. And so we have to study God's people because we're responsible for them. And so as you're studying God's people, uh, one of the things that you know I was taught years ago, and I, it, it was a very wise leadership principle, which says the cream always rises to the top. There's always just a natural mm-hmm. separation when it comes to leadership. Is that like a Southern term? No. Did you get that in Atlanta? No, I didn't no. learn that in Atlanta. I learned that in Shepherd School. Oh, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> and it stayed with me. Yeah. You know, but but what you're looking for chiefly, first and foremost, is that you can see the goals of discipleship established in this person, mm. right? I mean, one of the things that, that we, we push very hard and that we put people in remembrance of is you can't give people something you don't have. Yeah. Right. So if you're not established in the goals of discipleship as we know them, then how are you going to disciple someone else? Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the biggest things that that we look for. Obviously, their testimony in this place is a really big deal. Right. What does their testimony say? Mm-hmm. How are their relationships? Um, what does their faithfulness look like? Are they tithing? 
what is how do they respond to spiritual authority because as serious as we take discipleship we take disciplers and that pairing process as serious for this reason essentially what we're saying is if we sign off and just say okay we're going to have brandon pat or disciple jeff mm-hmm. what we're telling jeff is that we believe that brandon is an ensample of the person that you need to be mm-hmm. he's someone that you can follow as he's following christ and so essentially we're signing off on your walk we better be right yeah that makes sense and so yeah. We have to ensure along the way that, that the leaders that we pair, um, they're not on that availability list if their character doesn't match Correct. the character that we want from a leader. Um, if they're Even if their knowledge set isn't proper, right? Like if there's something that's that's uh, uh, wrong doctrinally mm-hmm. um, in, in their perspective or uh, their, their hermeneutic seems to be off in some regard, these aren't people that we're, we're looking to pair because we don't want that to be reproduced within Correct. within our body. Correct. You mentioned the four goals of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, so we obviously have these lessons that we go through. There's lessons that guide, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But the end goal is what we refer to as, as the four goals of discipleship. Can you explain those to us a little bit? Just talk through those, and why are those so important? Yeah, they're so imp- they're they're important for a lot of reasons, and, and you know I, I could I could spend the rest of our time just talking about that. But when you look at these four goals, the first one being to see the the disciple established in in worship, the worship of God. Mm-hmm. That's so critical because that speaks to what should be their highest preoccupation in all of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason that that they exist, the, the reason for everything is, is the glory of God, period. And so we want to see them established in that where their life is, is a, they're a living sacrifice, mm-hmm. right? And so everything they think, say, and do is to please God, which I think is, 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 a, is a sufficient definition of worship, what pleases God. Okay, mm-hmm. and then that takes us to the second goal, which is to see them established in the Word of God. Well, they'll never know how to to be a true worshiper, John four twenty three, unless they're established in the Word of God. And so now the Word of God becomes their sole and final authority. All right, the Bible tells us in Psalm one nineteen one twenty eight that that I, I esteem all thy precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Mm-hmm. And so what we're looking for is we want to trust God to see this believer who is growing as a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, where the word of God is everything. It is their final authority. It is their sustenance. It is their love. It is everything. I mean, it drives their decisions. It drives everything, right? So they are established in that, not their opinions, um, not their political persuasions or cultural or any of that, but the book. Mm-hmm. And then to see them established in this local church where this isn't a place where they just attend. You know, Paul said something to Timothy that I, I mean, everything he said was profound, right. but, but as it pertains to the local church, Paul said something that I think is just absolutely explosive. And First Timothy 3.15, he says this, he says that the church of God, is the ground and pillar of the truth. So that speaks to the magnitude Mm -hmm. of the importance of the local church. And so in discipleship, I always say this, you know, what what my home was and what it is to my children, you know, when they're born in a hospital, well, that they were born there. 
but that's not where they're going to live. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they have a home mm-hmm. and everything that they need to, to grow and be trained is in that home. Right. Within the family unit. Within the family unit. Right. And so that's what the local church is to the new believer. And it is to us as well. But they need to be established here. And by that, I mean, they're not just attending, but but this is home. Mm-hmm. This is family, right? I mean, uh, Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter four that, that God has given some very special men to the church. Well, some of those men are pastors and teachers. So what that tells me is, is he goes on to say that he gave these men to the church. Why? For their perfecting of the saints. And so mm-hmm. this believer now, they can't be properly fitted for the Christian life right. apart from the teaching ministry of their local church. It's everything. Yeah. They have to be here, right? right? They've got to get established here. And then to see them established in ministry and with us. And this is special because this is now where, and this is where I get really excited about this because, because now we, 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 we take a giant step. Yeah. Because now when, when they get established in ministry, you know, first, first Peter 410 tells us that, that, we all have a spiritual gift and, and God has given each one of us that why that, that, that we are to minister that one to another. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they have an obligation. They have a, a, an indebtedness to the body of Christ to use what God has given them for the advancement, for the edification of God's body and even the loss. But when they get established in that, they, something happens that, that has to happen in discipleship where they go from being a babe in Christ, where the focus is solely on them, and it's all about them, to now I'm being established in ministry where I'm just looking to serve and be a blessing to others. And so when you get a church that is full of people like that, that's a place I want to go to. Right. And so then the reality of every member a minister takes root. It's the culmination kind of, of of the whole of the process. And, you know, as you're, you're saying these things, in many regards, a lot of those measurables, a lot of those goals are, are kind of abstract mm-hmm. and they're not easily measurable. I mean, there's it's not like they take a test at the end of discipleship sure. and if they pass the test, well, they've been successfully discipled. Mm-hmm. These are things that have to be observed in the believer's yes. life. And so this goes back to, I think, uh, why we emphasize the mentorship role because I guess someone could take the lessons and go hide away in a bedroom right. and go through the lessons mm-hmm. and realize what's required of them. And, and they could become uh, disciples who've met those four goals. But ultimately, there's no accountability in that. Right. There's no coaching. There's no provocation. There's no edification. Mm-hmm. You're, you miss, again, that component of the body of Christ and, and the role that it plays. And I think it speaks to the, to the, the beauty of the mentorship relationship. Mm-hmm. This is a person that is going to watch your life. Yeah. They're going to care for you. They're going to um, weep with you when you're when you're you're sad or brokenhearted. They're going to joy with you in victories. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna tend to the matters of your life as though you're a part of their family. At least that's how I think how it should look. Absolutely. And when that happens, then you have someone who who knows when you're faking it. Right. They can see through the religiosity. They can right. see through um, the falsity. Is this is this your experience is this how you see it as well or absolutely yeah yeah it's a i'll say it this way discipleship is it's a two-way street you Mm -hmm. know as a as a discipler you have a front row seat of their life and vice versa 
Right. And they may be younger than you spiritually, but they aren't blind. <laughs> yeah. Right? right. So over time, especially if, if they're growing in the word of God, well, one of the things they're going to get is discernment. Mm. And so it is it is a relationship dynamic that is that majors on accountability both ways. Mm. And so neither can fake it over time. Yeah. And with that said, I mean, the the there is a um, a learning process that definitely happens for the discipler along the way. Anytime yes. you're teaching, you're going to be learning yep. just as much, maybe even more in yes. some cases than the person that you're discipling or investing in. But at the same time, that discipler has to have a level of authority in the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you can explain that, that delicate balance um, in that relationship. Sure. So at its core, discipleship has always been, is, and always will be a teacher-student relationship. Mm-hmm. So Galatians 3.28, you know, in Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, bond nor free. So we're all equal mm-hmm. in, in our standing before the Lord. Okay, we, we get that in status. But we're not all equal in function. Mm-hmm. And so there's that's where you get the teacher-student relationship. And so the teacher, the discipler in the relationship, they are in a position of authority. But one of the reasons that we have discipleship too is to train and equip them. And one of the, and one of the things that our team does, our discipleship team does, is, is to make sure that um, we are putting our disciplers in remembrance of who they need to be and how they need to do this. Because yes, while they they do have authority and they are functioning in a role of authority, they want to make sure that that is in agreement with the word of God. Mm. So first Peter chapter five, one of the things that we warn against is lording over the flock, lording over yeah. people. And so it is a delicate balance. I don't believe that you can, as a discipler, I mean, enough experience tells me this personal experience, the, you know, the, the, the amount of conversations I've had with our disciplers who we're, we're having discussions about how to deal with this issue or that issue. You can't disciple without having to have some delicate conversations along the way. Yeah. Sometimes just it's just part of the process. Yeah. Any more than you can parent without having to have hard conversations. Yeah, with it's kids, tough sometimes, right? So what what we what we focus on is making sure that they understand that you know the approach is always to present truth and love. Mm-hmm. Right. So how we say what we say is as important as what we say. Right. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that that the approach is right and that the person knows that even though this is a hard conversation, I can sense and I know that you love me. Mm-hmm. I know that you care. I know that your heart is grieved because my life right now in this particular area is not living. It's not up to the glory of God. And so that's why you're having this conversation with me. Because you care about what's best in my life as it pertains to the glory of God. Mm. And so, again, that goes back to the the sheer significance of what it means to be a discipler. In many regards, you're a shepherd over the person yeah. that you're investing in, in their life. And, and at that level, it's a pastoral role yes. at that level. And we don't take that lightly. No. And, um, and so to go back maybe to, to where we began, when we talk about discipleship, we what we're talking about is not a program within our church or a ministry function within our church. It is the ministry of mm-hmm. our church, and 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 all of the Living Faith Fellowship churches would agree with that. Sure. That our primary duty to one another within the body is to invest the truths of God's word and to build each other up. That makes for the best kind of ministers. Yes. 
with that in mind, would you tell us your discipleship story? Oh. Like you were discipled once upon a time. I sure was. And I want I want the listeners to hear yeah. uh, what that relationship was like and how it exemplifies mm-hmm. everything that we've talked about in this conversation about what discipleship is. Gladly. You know, my my discipleship experience, I always say it was biblically textbook. Okay, what's that mean? And it, it I mean it, it was it was by the book. I mean, when you when you define discipleship and mm-hmm. and and when you define a discipler and what you're looking for, I had it. So mm-hmm. Pastor Dave Hill, who is an associate pastor out at Harvest Baptist Church with Alan Shelby, he led me to Christ on June the sixth of nineteen ninety four. Yeah. I was twenty two years old, and to this day he is the only earthly father I've ever known. Mm. And so I, I I joke, but but it was the truth. God took a 22-year-old boy, you know, and dropped me into his life. Mm. And he just embraced it and all that came with it. And I do mean all that came yeah. with it. And he loved me. I mean, he loved me. And he faithfully fed me the word of God. I mean, I... I I would sit at his kitchen table and I was just mesmerized by the book mm. and his ability to take a guy like me who, I mean, was a guy from South DeKalb, suburb of Atlanta, never, I, I thought the, the book of Job was job, you know, I thought it was right. a book on the Bible about jobs. And so I, <laughs> I started reading, I was like, I don't want this job, <laughs> but uh, so I didn't know anything, Yeah, you know, and he was, he was, he was patient with me, mm. very patient with me. He he spoon fed me when necessary. I would I I would show up at his house unannounced, like you you should ask him about that. Yeah, we, we joke about it now. I mean, like multiple days a week. Like I could. Do you suggest that? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't suggest that. But I mean, obviously, there were times where we we would you know we knew that okay we're we're studying this lesson and we got the but. But I would stop by Sundays after. I, I just, I, I just never wanted to be away from him. Mm. You know, when I met Lori, apart from Lori's your wife, my wife Lori. Yeah. yeah, sorry about that. My wife Lori. Apart from my salvation, Lori is the greatest thing that God has ever done for me in mm-hmm. terms of bringing her into my life and allowing me to be her husband and, and her my wife. But you know, the one of the saddest things when we first got married was. You know, at the time, so so Pastor Dave Hill, you know, that's who he is to you, but to me, he's Pops. Mm-hmm. So I call him Pops, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he, so, but before I married Lori, I would say, you know, three out of four, three out of five days, you know, during the, during the, the business week, I would get off work. I would go by his, his restaurant. He had a restaurant at the time, he had a catering mm-hmm. business. And he and I would just hang out. And, and this was years after we were done with discipleship. And we would just talk about everything, mm. you name it. And so he was, he he was my father. He was my teacher. He was my mentor. He was my big brother. He was my close friend. You know, to this day, I, I I'm 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 in I'm eternally grateful. I'm indebted mm. uh, for for him. And and so what so what that did for me was that now that framed what discipleship was for me. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that I've always wanted to do by the grace of God, for the glory of God, I've only wanted to make him proud. 
Mm. I've only, and that's pops. I've only wanted him to know that his investment in me was not in vain. Yeah. That I took what he gave me and I've just tried to take the rest of my life to, to try to see as many believers have that experience. Yeah. And, and you have to think that's how Timothy felt with yes, Paul. Absolutely. You, you have to think that, um, so much of that relationship, I mean, Paul calls him his son. And I think, you know, when we're talking about biblical discipleship, it's absolutely important that we recognize that that this is not some sort of sterile no. learning environment. It is um, it is messy. It's it's um, difficult. Uh, it's counseling. Yes. It's uh, but it's devotion at a familial level. Yes. And it has to be paternal, and mm-hmm. it has to be maternal. And if we treat it any other way, then we're going to fail to see the results that Christ wants in his bride. Yes. And I think about my daughter, and if my wife and I fail to invest in her at the level that she needs to be invested in, if there's neglect or if, if we only treat her, you know, our raising of her half-heartedly, it will result in some man one day marrying yeah. uh, someone who's not fit <laughs> yes. in all the ways that she mm-hmm. should be to be a bride. And I think about the bride of Christ and the role of discipleship. Uh, in a similar way. Yeah. Um, Kenny, you know, just in closing, maybe you could um, give a charge. If, if there's a church that maybe is not familiar with, with this perspective of discipleship, mm-hmm. um, how would they go about finding out more about it? Um, what should they do? Um, uh, should they reach out to you? Or what, what would you suggest that they do to begin with? If sure. they're thinking, oh, this sounds like something that, that we need in our, in our church. Yeah, I, I I'd be more than 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 thrilled to embrace any of those conversations. I've I've had them, I have them, and I anticipate I'll continue to have them. And and I say that very humbly. I, I don't view myself as you know having mastered this, mm-hmm. but it is a passion. It's a passion for me. It's a passion for us. And um, yeah, so I'm reach out to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, email me. Uh, one of the things that I've also recommended, we just focused in LFBI. We did, took eight weeks and we looked at the realities of biblical discipleship. I think that's a really good starting place for someone who's trying to work through this and figure out what this could look like in their church. I, I think those eight weeks could could really be beneficial in terms mm-hmm. of filling in some blanks and and, and setting some some direction in terms of implementation. So that's also a good place to start. The discipleship conference, uh, you know, uh, in, in Cartersville, Oakland Heights Baptist Church, even if you can't make the conference, uh, get online and get the goods. Yeah, yeah. we stream know. that every year um, on Living Faith Fellowship's website, and you can watch the conference for discipleship as well. And also mm-hmm. um, at, at lffellowship.com, um, we've got information there and, and there'll be people to contact there. And so, Kenny, thanks for yeah. your time. And uh, we're going to talk more about discipleship in our next episode. So if you're ready yeah. to do that. Let's cool. do it. Okay, man. Yeah. Uh, thank you for joining us again for another episode of The Postscript. Uh, you can learn more about The Postscript by visiting lfbi.org, Living Faith Bible Institute's website. Uh, you can find the backlog of YouTube videos there, but more importantly, you can find out the curriculum that we teach in our Bible Institute. All of that content, all of that coursework, the entire program of LFBI starts first and foremost with this discipleship relationship, this perspective that we've been talking about today. And so if you have more questions about discipleship specifically, you can visit lffellowship.com. 
there's a portion of our website in the navigation that says, what is discipleship? And there'll be uh, uh, information there that will hopefully answer some of your questions. But again, uh, you can get a hold of any of the pastors at, in any of the Living Faith Fellowship churches, including ours here, Kenny Morgan, and you can talk to them about what discipleship is. We'd be glad to talk to you about that more. We want to thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you next week for another episode of The Postscript.